the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Um, before I begin, it is a joy this morning for me to welcome uh, Father David and uh, his Presbytera, Vesemiki, and all the way from uh, St. Nicholas Church in Athens, Greece, uh, Petros. Uh, I had met Father David um, uh, actually in a, in, in a place of, uh, of some sadness uh, uh, down in Galveston uh, shortly after Hurricane Ike a few months back, and um, we had that day seen the destructive power of water. But today, we see the sacramental and salvific properties of water. The water breaks, and a child is born. All of a sudden, the world gets to see what Anya looks like when the water breaks. And as the baby, a short time later, comes forth from the water of baptism, bursting forth like Christ from the tomb, we see the sacramental power of the healing of all of humanity. We see what our God has placed in such simple elements. In elemental matter, water, bread, wine, oil, even things like laughter and wildflowers on a hill and blackberries. And I don't mean Palm Pilot kind of blackberries. <laughs> Those come from a whole other place. <laughs> we see in our world things that God has placed there for our salvation. Simple things. Holy things. I don't know about you all, but I seem to spend uh, a fair amount of time in the kitchen of our house. Uh, while I must confess that most times it's to uh, graze, I believe that's the proper verb, um, there are some wonderful things that happen in the kitchen. Our old friend Tom Howard used to speak of the kitchen as a holy place, a holy place where the work of charity was learned by the family, where in serving and working together, we met heaven in the kitchen. It is said that St. Euphrosinos the cook used to sing in harmony with the angels while he was washing the dishes. The other guys didn't get it, but he knew what he was doing. I truly love it when it is our house's turn to bake the bread for communion. The baking of the bread for communion. You start with pure water. That's what you begin with. You begin with pure water, the most basic stuff of life. And you begin by crossing yourselves and offering that most basic stuff of life up to God. And the recipe that we've been taught from generations ago then adds yeast to the water. Yeast, simple stuff. And then countless seeds of wheat 
that have been ground together and made into another simple element, flour. It's folded into the bowl with a dash of salt that comes from perhaps the earth or perhaps the sea. And as we begin to work over it, over that simple stuff, as we begin to work over it in the presence of God, a transformation begins to take place on that simple stuff. The mystery of the yeast. And boy, that's a mysterious stuff. Uh, from generations, people have held things like sourdough starter, you know, and passed it from hand to hand. Yeast, the mystery of it, and the energy of the kneading that we put into it, that work that we put into it, that kneading, work a synergism, a synergism that is turning the most basic elements into kind of a funny thing, into dough dough. Not much. Not much to look at. Squishy. Not much to look at. But dough that has the potential to turn into bread. Dough that has the potential to become bread. Now some days I feel like that lump of dough. Actually today I kind of feel like that lump of dough. But I'm reminded, I'm reminded on those days that dough becomes bread. That that which is most simple becomes that which is more useful. Because of the life of the yeast, because of the life of the yeast that has come to be in the middle of that lump, that dough cannot stay flat. It doesn't get to stay flat anymore. It rises to take the shape that it was intended to have for the purpose that it is being made. And so it is that we must rise to take the shape that God intended for us to have in this life. You can't stay a lump of dough sitting on the couch there with the remote in your hand. You don't get to. We don't get to in this life. We need to rise to take the shape that God intended us to have. This parish needs to rise to take the shape that God intended for it to have. This monastery needs to rise to take an even greater shape that God intended for it. One that will be an aroma to the whole world. So in faith, we take that lump of dough that we're working on, that we're kneading. I love that kneading. You're throwing it around, you're punching it. And you're, I mean, it's a great tension reliever. You really ought to try baking bread if you, if you never have. But we, in faith, take that lump of dough and we sign the cross of Christ right onto it. We stamp it right into it. Like we're putting the signature of the cross, the signature of Christ, onto that lump onto that dough. And then what do we do? We put it in a test. We put it in the test of the fire, in the fire of the oven, and then the work begins to be completed. The elements, the most basic elements of life, water, wheat flour, salt, are transfigured into beautiful loaves of bread that are then ready for the service of worship. 
And so it is with each of us. Jesus, the very Son of God, visited us of old, and he visits us today, especially this day. He visits us in the most elemental of ways. He visits us in ways that even those babies can understand. Watch them when they come out of the water. Some of them even smile after their baptism. He visits us in ways that may confuse us adults because we tend to kind of complicate things. So that's why we have so many references to babies, I think. At Christmas, we saw the eternal Son of God come to us as a baby, a baby who was born to a poor family, a, a family that was, if you will, a homeless family, at least for a little while there, didn't even have a place to stay. Came into Santa Barbara and everything was booked. And too expensive even if you could have booked it. And later at Epiphany, we saw him come to the waters of Jordan for baptism. The Father and the Holy Spirit were present in the water with the Son. They were present there just like they were at creation. And they are present in the waters of baptism, just like they were at creation. They are there in the waters of baptism, not to create a new world, but to recreate that which has fallen. And they're present in the waters we're going to sprinkle today. The Trinity is present in the water to recreate that which has fallen. The waters are touched, and forever they're changed. The baby is touched and the baby is forever changed. You are touched, and you are forever changed. When that water is sprinkled upon you, you will be changed. It will be part of the transformation that's going on in your life. The hymns of Epiphany showed us this. The river Jordan turned back when it saw the invisible made visible, the creator incarnate, and the master in the form of a servant. Today the clouds from heaven moisten mankind with the showers of justice. Does this mankind need showers of justice? Pick up the newspaper this morning. But there's a prescription for it that our God has given. Look back there on that icon. Look at this icon right here. That's the prescription. Even the fish in the icon are laughing and dancing up on their tails. They are greeting their creator who has come into their world for their salvation. They are greeting God. That's what we're here to do today. And we're here to do it in the most basic elements. Water and all the elements of creation will never be the same again. Because if we have the eyes to see it, Christ has touched everything today. Everything everything. There's nothing left untouched by the sprinkle today. Nothing is left untouched. All is sprinkled. The blessed Father Alexander Schmemann used to say that all things are sacramental. What we are saying is that because the Lord has come into the world, he is going to use everything to save you. He's not going to leave anything out. He will use whatever it takes to bring you to him, to restore you, to heal you,
to heal the world, to transform you so that you're ready to be used for something good, just like that bread we made in the kitchen. If you see that, you'll be changed. Why don't you just ask the Lord to reveal it? You don't get it? Ask the Lord to reveal it. You don't understand what I'm saying? You have not got a clue. What is this guy saying? I, I do not see what this guy is saying. Now, you can, you can sit there and you can do the academic kind of thing and research what I've said, and you'll probably get to the same place. But better yet, just ask the Lord while you're here. He's here. Ask him to show you what we're talking about. <laughs> just say, Lord, open my eyes. Let me see this. Will you look to see what's going on here? Will you walk in, in that sprinkling of that water just like you're, you're walking in heaven? He sends that water to us to heal even the waters that we've fouled. When we sprinkle the oceans, when we throw that cross into the water of the ocean, it is for the healing of the ocean. When we hold that cross up high over the ocean and over our hills, our hills got made barren by a fire. The Lord will send gentle rain to reseed them. They'll be reseeded and the wildflowers will be back come springtime. Grace of God. And what we're doing today is not just some colorful cultural tra tradition that ought to be in National Geographic. Oh, isn't that lovely what those Orthodox people do? Isn't that beautiful? They throw the cross into the water. Isn't that, isn't that cute? Isn't that cute? Isn't that a cute little cultural tradition? It is so much more than that. Pray to see that today. Pray to show that to everyone who sees it. And if you do, you will be changed. And you will be prepared for the service of worship, just like that bread that we baked in the kitchen. And may all this be, in all that sprinkling, may we touch heaven, for heaven is there. Heaven is here, heaven is in the kitchen, and heaven will be down at the beach. May we touch it.